Good morning. Hey, and Merry Christmas. Welcome to FCC and Christmas at the Movies. I'm excited you've joined us today, whether you're online. We don't often do this at 8.30, but today we're broadcasting online at 8.30. And I especially uh, am glad to see you today in, in person. Today, if you've noticed, I've exchanged an elf hat for kind of a cowboy hat. Uh, last week, we uh, spent some time with the film Elf, and today we're going to be spending some time with another Christmas movie classic. Based on the decor around, I don't know if anyone can guess what it would be. What, what is a Christmas movie classic that has something to do with the country? Anybody know? Anybody guesses? Uh, Holly Dolly Christmas, uh, is that, could that be it? Um, did somebody guess that? That is not it, Okay. Some of you are like, oh, we're in Branson. It feels like Silver Dollar City. You know, that's not what we're going to do today. There's nothing wrong with that movie. It's a, it's a good movie. But before we get into actually the movie we're covering, and no one knows that, it's kind of hopefully built some suspense, uh, I wonder how many of you received a box of movie candy coming in today. Raise that candy up. Maybe raise your hand. We, we pray that you all got that. That is a very little spiritual, uh, imp, uh, you know, it matters nothing spiritually. But I hope it gets you in the mood uh, for the season and, and for what we're doing today. Um, but considering what candies we were going to offer you when coming in, and you're free to eat those at any time, um, someone said you're trying to keep everyone awake during the sermon, whatever it can be done, okay? But here's the thing. Go ahead, get, get Dolly off there, okay? Um, but here are the top five boxed movie candies current, uh, in the last year, um, in the world, okay? And uh, so some of you received these today. If you received one of these five, would you please stand up? We're going to kind of see who can make the top list. So if you have one of these in your hands, go ahead and stand up. It's a few of you probably. So we're going to kind of count down and see which ones makes the number one. To my surprise and my father-in-law's surprise, Mike and Ike was number five. So if you got Mike and Ike, have a seat. You did not make the cut, okay? Number four was one that I've never enjoyed. I've never had this before. Maybe I'll try it today, but snow caps. If you receive snow caps, go and have a seat. Some of you really love those. I'll try those today. Number three was one I do not like, okay? I'll just be honest with you. Uh, junior mints. If you, if you chose junior mints, have a seat. Even any type of junior mints, have a seat. And it looks like pretty much as everybody's done except over here. Um, this is my personal favorite, at least from the list, is M&Ms, but it was number two, okay? So if you have M&Ms, have a seat which leaves the last one, and there's only a couple standing. Congratulations, you've received the number one Sour Patch Kids. Let's give it up for the Sour Patch Kids. You guys can have a seat. You win nothing other than the joy of knowing you're like, you know. Um, well, hopefully a lot of Sour Patch Kids will go out second service with all the kids for the musical. Some of you are like, I don't even know what Sour Patch Kids are. Are they brand new? Sour Patch Kids were created in, in the 1970s. Um, just wait on that clip for just a little bit. Sour Patch Kids were created in the, in the 1970s and in Canada, and then they finally immigrated, I guess, to the United States in about 85. So they've been around a while, um, and if that's what you like, then, then I'm glad you have those today. But they've been around longer than you might think. Our movie for today has been around longer than you might think as well. Uh, the Christmas movie classic that we're going to uh, use as a springboard into God's Word today is Home Alone. Anybody ever seen the movie Home Alone? All right. You're like, well, that's a pretty new movie. It, guys, it's been around 31 years. 1990s when Home Alone came out. I was 13 years old at the time. Uh, the main character, uh, Kevin McAllister, played by Macaulay Culkin, and I are both now in our 40s, okay? 
so it kind of gives us some perspective of how time flies. Whenever I used to watch Home Alone, uh, especially the first time it came out in movies, all I can really remember is all the battle scenes between Kevin and the, 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 the thieves trying to break in, and, and that's what I remember. But today, our main focus is going to be on something different. And I pray that you'll, uh, it will ignite something in your heart that will help you pursue the hope of Christmas. But honestly, I found Kevin to be a little bit annoying most of my life. Uh, at times even disrespectful. Macaulay Calkin at times uh, began to have relationship problems with his own family. And I found the whole thing to just be annoying. I wanted nothing to do with that. But in the movie Home Alone, Kevin does some things that leads him to truly be alone while his family travels to France for Christmas. And before we uh, get any farther into even God's word, I want us to, to, to you to know this. Before we watch a clip, you are not, to me- you are not meant to be alone. This is not even a main point, but before we get started here, we need to understand that while being home alone in this movie is celebrated, guys, we have been tricked by our culture into thinking there's some special value, how hard we can work to be alone. God's people are not created to be alone. You're created to be in relationship with God first and one another, and and things like this and being together with family are of tremendous value. I'm so glad you've chosen to be here today, to fellowship, to worship to study God's word, to share in communion. After last week, I was encouraged by a number of you. You're like, I I really enjoyed kind of the the connection to the movie and then diving into God's word and seeing the joy. I I pray that you do have those elf hats still around and they remind you uh, to celebrate every day as if it's a gift from Jesus. One of the biggest encouragements, though, came from a young man. He's like, Tyson, I think that was the best sermon ever, uh, the Christmas at the movie with the elf. And the best part was definitely the movie clips. Great job. So we're going to get into our first clip today and then dive into God's word. And I pray you are encouraged. I know I've been encouraged. Last week we focused on joy. Today we're going to focus on hope. And the thing that I see in Kevin that that just screams hope is while he faces many obstacles in the film, he never gives up hope. He protects his family. He protects his house. But we're going to see in this opening clip what leads him to be alone. Watch this. All right, if your kid or grandchild talks like that in that clip, uh, I think you need to practice and memorize what my dad used in Proverbs 13, 24. My dad taught me this well. He says, he who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him whoops his rear end. <laughs> okay, that's not, a, that's not the NIV or the King James Version. That's Gordon Graber paraphrased. But growing up in the 80s and 90s, if I would have said that to my mom, it wouldn't have ended like it did for Kevin. I was, I was exposed to that type of love and support. But most of us can relate to Kevin in this scene in some way. At some point in our life, we feel like everyone is against us. We have those voices in our head uh, saying this, and Kevin, you're this, and, and you're not that. You, you don't amount to much. And it makes us want to scream. It leads us to frustration. It sometimes creates anger and resentment inside. And when we feel all alone, re- removed from the world, we can cry out because we have no hope. We begin to wish for things that will never bring us real hope, like Kevin wished for, I, I wish you never see you again. In Kevin's great frustration, he wishes never to see his mom. Can you imagine uh, those words, how much they would hurt? And he says, I wish I would never see anyone again. Our frustration often builds us to let us down. What Kevin felt was a need from relief from the situation, and what he said was, I don't want you anymore. Here's the first truth that we need to learn that's not that joyful. 
We all have these hopes that if this could just happen in life, everything would be good. But the true hope in Jesus Christ is not something we wish for, it's something promised. Listen to this kind of definition that helps ground me in this conversation. I wrote these words down. Wishing for something has to do with fulfilling our desires. But true hope is a confident trust in the promise God has declared. We have gotten very comfortable in wishing for that, wishing for that, and oftentimes when we allow our own hearts to lead us, it will lead to hurt. But when we declare what God has promised is what guides me, there will be great hope. We need to understand that personal wishes, not guided by the Holy Spirit, submitted to God's word, they lead to sin. And the Bible says actually a curse. Jeremiah tells us in Jeremiah 17, you probably have never heard this during a Christmas series before, but the, the prophet Jeremiah declares what God says about us when we follow our wishes of our hearts. Jeremiah says, this is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh and, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. Here's what the Word of God says, that when we say what our heart wishes and we declare that's what we want, aside from what God's will is for us, it will be a time of cursing for our lives, of great pain. You may be here this morning, and you're like, man, uh, this, this season, I hope it turns around my life because all I've been feeling is pain. I, I want you to, even before we move on, to ask yourself, if, have you been following the wishes of your own heart or have you been submitting to God's will? Because the Bible declares when we pursue after our wishes of our hearts, it will let us down and it will be painful. Watch this next clip of the pain that Kevin feels from his wish. That may be the worst pain of all. When choices that we make, when we wish for something we never should have said out loud, brings separation of relationship, it hurts. Some of you know that pain. I believe we all have to a certain extent where, where we've said something, we've done something, and all of a sudden we've realized that we are no longer with the people we love the most. Our heart breaks. The pain and problems that came from Kevin's wish were confusing in his mind. All he wanted was his family back. But he got what his heart desired, at least what he said he wished. We need to understand Jeremiah, uh, where he says, hey, there will be a cursing when we follow our own hearts and turn away from God. Here's what he says in, in Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I know it sounds nice, but it may be the worst advice any of us ever give or receive. Follow your heart. Uh, I've said it. I, I know I've heard people tell me. But when we follow our heart, God's word says it will lead astray and there will be much pain. There will be curses that come. I know we have the best intentions when we tell people to follow our hearts. But our hearts lead us astray. It's a sinful nature. It will lead us to sin. But that is why uh, the gift of Jesus is a necessity because we have all been led astray and our hearts have, have failed in sin and it's hurt a relationship with others and most importantly, it's hurt a relationship with God. And in this moment, we must say, I have to turn my heart back to God and follow Him. The only way to follow our heart is to put it in trust of God's will. Here's what it says in Proverbs 3. You've heard this before. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. We've gotten very good at identifying what we want and what we wish for. And, and Christmas season, I think, has almost made this worse. Uh, because growing up, if you were like me, uh, there, you would be asked at least once a year, maybe by your grandparents or your parents or, or a friend, hey, give me your Christmas wish list. 
for me growing up, it involved uh, getting a JCPenney's catalog out and, and looking through all the toy section and making a wish list. And we've gotten very good, no matter what generation you're from, uh, in the last hundred years of saying, this is what I want, this is what would make me happy. But I have to testify, most of those wish lists failed me very shortly after I received what I even wanted. So what do we really need to strive after? What, what, what do we need to say uh, our heart uh, focus, should be focused on? Well, the Word of God tells us so much of what God's will is for our life, not what we want. For example, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, Paul tells Timothy this, God wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of, of the truth. One of God's greatest desires, if not the greatest desires, is for no one to perish, but all to come to salvation through Jesus Christ. That is his will for you. We don't have to wonder that. So if you're here today and you feel like your, your life is cursed, ask yourself if you've uh, submitted to God's first will and received Jesus as your Savior. That's the good news of Jesus, of Christmas. Here's another will of God that's easily seen in, in Scripture. 1 Thessalonians 5. He gives us three things that are part of his will. He says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Once you have salvation in Christ, we are to be praying continually. We're to be rejoicing like the, the, the elf talked about last week, and we're to be giving thanks all the time. Ask yourself as you evaluate if the pain in your life is real, have you been following his will? The word of God is full of his will. Look what it says in 1 Peter chapter 2. For it is God's will that you do good and should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. This really hit me hard this week. We live in a world that right now uh, there is debate and foolish talk all around. And you're like, man, how can I win this debate? How can I prove that my side is correct? God's will for us in this is quit arguing with these foolish people and do good. Let me give you advice from God's word. His will for you is if you're stuck in, in a relationship argument, step out of that argument and that foolish debate and just do something good. Oftentimes for that person that you have been offended by or you'd like to convince and see what happens in that relationship. If you can't bring yourself or you don't know what to do good in that, do something good somewhere else. That's God's will. You're like, well, that must be all of them. No, there's many more. I want to share one more with you from 1 Thessalonians 4. It's God's will for you to be sanctified. Now, what that means, it's a word we don't talk about all the time. Once you are saved, sanctification through the Holy Spirit continues to purify you and make you more and more like Jesus. Set apart for his will to do his work. It doesn't mean we're ever perfect on this side of heaven. While God sees us as perfect, he always is making us more mature and more complete. We're to be sanctified. That's his will. And he gets very specific now about a part of that. He says that you should avoid sexual immorality. Is that really part of God's will? The Word says it. Uh, there was a, a great leader of our global uh, following of Christ recently that said this, that sexual morality is not really that big a deal. Guys, we're being deceived by, uh, quote, Christian leaders in our world today. God's Word says His will for you is to be sanctified and that you should avoid sexual immorality. God has a plan for our sexuality, and it is a gift from God, but it is meant to be with a husband and a wife, period. Amen. The Bible is loaded with truth about God's will, and yet we make these wish lists. God, if, if you would just give me this this Christmas, and, and this this Christmas, here's my wish list. How about we submit to his will and see what happens? You'll be blessed more than you know. 
You might say, well, I don't understand a lot of God's will when I read the word. Well, ask him for the spirit, because here's what the Bible says about this. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. Jesus says this, you will receive, uh, once you're saved, you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and he will guide you in all truth. So, so one thing I would ask you to ask of God this Christmas is say, God, give me an ability for the Holy Spirit to work in my life so I would know the truth you would have for me, and, and there'll be a great blessing in that. What a great gift to have the Holy Spirit guiding us. But when we don't listen to it, we will be let down. When we follow our own ways, the word of God says there will be a curse upon us. But the Bible says that every promise of God, everything that he declares is yes in Christ. You say, well, I've never thought of it that way. Everything that God has declared that, that is good for your life is yes in Jesus. So we need to receive it. We need to trust in that. How many times do we make a wish list and just think that it won't happen? Here's the promise from God. If God says something in his word to you, it is going to come true. It's not a hope thing. It is a certain thing. And here's why it's made possible. John 3, 16. The word of God tells us this. Jesus says, for God so loved the world, and that involves you, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save it through him. Amen. That's the good news of Christmas. That not only will be saved, but will be sanctified, that, that we will uh, shine for him. Jesus himself says in John 10, 10, I have come that you may have life and life to the full. This this idea of abundant life. It's not just you'll receive a wish list that makes one day happy. You, You will truly be blessed and not cursed every day of your life moving forward because of your relationship with him. Does that mean we'll always be happy? No, but we can always be holy and full of joy with hope found in him. So what steals our hope? We see it in the movie, in the film. Fear often keeps us from realizing this full life of hope. I want you to watch this clip and just uh, see if the fear that is is apparent in Kevin is not also apparent in your own life. The fear of the unknown keeps us from going a lot of places. It's probably not for you the basement anymore, is it? Because all you got to do is turn on a light. Kevin figured that out. But the fear of the unknown often keeps us from interacting with those we love the most because of what's been said in the past and it goes for years and then we're like, well, I don't know what will happen. I'm afraid that he won't listen to me. And yet, and then we do nothing and the relationship is dead. I wonder what relationship from your past has been so fractured that you're afraid that it will never be reengaged. And you know what the saddest part is? You have done nothing about it. Like old man Marley. You know, it even gives me more concern is that there are people, maybe in this room and definitely in, in our community around the world, that have had words with God. And the relationship has been so divided, so hindered, and we fear that if we step forward that maybe even God will not take us back. And that is a lie from hell because God is, is wanting for us to return to him right now. Remember what fear is, and it's false, is this. It, the, the acrostic for fear can be a false evidence of things appearing real. These things that that we think may happen, it's not true, but they appear real, and and we are frozen in that fear. Guys, here's what I believe, and and this is on my own heart. For almost the last two years, Satan has used the tragic events of this world to bring fear to immobilize and paralyze thousands of churches and millions of people from doing nothing. 
Satan will use anything around him, what he may or may not have created, and he will say, hey, you look at this and you're frozen, and, and then we're paralyzed. We're afraid of sickness. We're afraid of offending someone. We're afraid of failure. We're afraid of rejection. We're afraid of financial problems. We're afraid of death, and we get frozen. But you know in the Christmas story, uh, what happens is there's a moment where Christ is declared that he's coming, and the angels declare, do not be afraid. Uh, David knew this well. Look what David said in Psalms 34. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. That we've got to pursue him. It's time to take a stand against evil, against the fear that creeps into your mind. Say, no more. This is the point where we're moving forward with the hope of Jesus. I said this a little bit ago, but the thing I loved at age 13 about Home Alone was when Kevin fought back against the intruders. You know, all those moments where he had these great plans and he had all the timing just right for the paint to hit him in the head and all these things that would happen just right to protect his house. I love the stand he took against who he knew was evil, the, the, the threat. Watch this clip of some of these greatest moments. So we could go on and on for, those, uh, uh, for a few more minutes with that kind of thing. And that's what I love growing up. And I still respect Kevin for being willing to take a stand and fight back. And we're like, but Tyson, that's just slapstick comedy. Guys, this represents the stand we need to take against Satan with our lives spiritually. And you're like, but Kevin had a plan. He had all these resources in that amazing house. And what we fight against Satan is, is something we can't even see. And, and I feel like I don't have any resources. No, that is a lie as well. God has given us the resource we need. In the word of God, you can see that. If you want to have this written down in your playbook of life, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. And we see this call for a stand against evil. It's really a playbook of how to win the war of Satan with Satan. Here's what it says. Paul writes, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It's not against two thieves coming around the corner. It's against Satan. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that you'll be able, when the day of evil comes, you'll be able to take your stand, your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then. Uh, the Bible here is making it very clear. Four times in just a little bit, he says, it's time for us to take a stand. Church, it's time for you and us as a group to take a stand against Satan and the fear that he brings upon us. And here's how he gives us this plan. He says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. We've got to know the word of God at the center of our lives. The breastplate of righteousness in place, knowing that we're saved by grace and we're seen right by God. And with feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up your shield of faith, with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray... In the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, keep alert. Always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Paul knows full well that fear can come into his life and ours. So he says, take a stand. No, the game plan is not slapstick comedy, but it's, a, it's with the spiritual darkness of the heavenly realms. And we have every ability through God's word, through being saved through Jesus, to win the battle. It has been won for us because Satan has overcome both sin and death already. 
So do not fear. Do not be afraid. In this series, we're focusing on a lot of truth coming out of, 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 of just films. But the main truth of do not be afraid comes right from the cradle. When the angels announced that Christ was coming, here's what they said. Every time it had the same language, the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which is for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Here's what the angels are saying. As these people, whoever they were, whether the shepherds or Mary and Joseph, uh, these moments where they didn't know what to do, the, the angels declared, said, do not be afraid, fear not, for the good news of the Savior of the world is upon you. My message for you today is the same. Do not be afraid, for Christ is among you. And he's the savior of all people. We can't overlook this. He says, which he shall be for all people. That includes you. And if you feel like you're cursed, if fear is a true issue for you, know that the reality of this promise is for you and your family. And when our fears are replaced by faith in Jesus, it gives us hope. And that hope changes everything. And God's hope does not disappoint. I'm going to end with this passage here in Romans 5. In one more clip, it says this. And this hope does not lead to disappointment. The hope in Christ will not disappoint. I've had many wish lists that uh, by January 1st was junk. I've had many moments based on my own heart uh, with relationships that were broken in a matter of just days. But our hope in Christ does not disappoint. For we know how dearly God loved us. He sent His Son to die for us because he's also given us Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love I told you from the beginning that your hearts will disappoint but they do not disappoint when they're filled with the Holy Spirit guided by God's word pursuing God's hope and relationships knowing you're not meant to be alone does not disappoint some of you uh, need to take a cue from Kevin and, and the fear that you have to put it aside and pursue that relationship has been hurt. But my most important plea is if you have felt like God is distant from you, run to him and the hope that you place in him will not disappoint. Paul says this, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you with complete joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope because of the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the reason that Jesus was sent, so that we would have the confidence and the ability to pursue a relationship with God, and that has been given to you fully. I cried in my office this week when I saw Mr. Marley holding on to his granddaughter. And as beautiful as that was in a Christmas movie classic from 31 years ago, guys, I, I, I dream of you holding on to Jesus. Holding on to God, realizing that, that the, the pain and the hurt of, of the past years can be put aside. And as you take one step toward, towards Him, the relationship can be restored now. You're not meant to be alone. God offers hope for everyone, and, and that means you. Titus chapter 2 says this. For the grace of God has been revealed... That's the Christmas story. You talk about wrapping up the Christmas story in a very short word. This is what Ben talked about at the beginning of the day. There was darkness and light entered into the world. Christ came and revealed the grace from God, bringing salvation to all people. 
and we are instructed to turn from our godless living. He's basically saying we're, we're instructed to turn from our own wishes and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and a devotion to God while we look forward to the hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. See, Christ came and we celebrate Christmas, but here's the good news. Christ is coming again, and when he comes, there's going to be this day of great glory where him and his people are together forever. That's the hope that we look forward to. It's not a hope of Christmas realized with presents and just family. The hope that we're looking forward to that start at Christmas is the hope of being with God forever. Do you know that hope? And a lot of times it's only uh, stripped from us from the fear of our own problems. And the word has made it clear today that grace is for all people. Will you be ready to spend eternity with Jesus? Or will you truly not have a home and be alone forever? That's the reality of this choice. I pray that today if you have realized that you are kind of cursed right now because of sin and that you're ready to receive Jesus and make him as your Lord and Savior, that that gift is available to you. Would you stand with me as we sing? Let me pray. Father in heaven, let us not miss the point that relationships are what matter. Help us to resist the desire to follow our own hearts and be led astray, but let us place our trust in you where true hope lies. And you have declared that your promises will endure forever through Jesus. Father, if there's someone here today that needs to pursue a relationship with a loved one or a friend, let them make that commitment do that. Lord, if someone is here and they've never made a commitment to to put their trust in you, I pray that they would receive you as, as their king, as their savior, as their friend, and find hope that no one can take away. Father, many of us need to take a stand today against the lies of Satan. Help us to, to claim your truth and your power. In Jesus' name, amen.